Welcome to the All About Scentwork podcast. In this podcast, we talk about all things scentwork. That can include training tips, a behind-the-scenes look at what your instructor or trial official may be going through, and much more. In this episode, I had the distinct privilege of speaking with Michelle Ellertson of the Dogs Pace and Pace Team Games about her Pace Team Game program. This is part of our new series where we're highlighting individuals and businesses who are giving back to the scentwork community and helping all of us enjoy this wonderful game with our dogs. Before we start diving into the podcast episode itself, let me do a very quick introduction of myself. My name is Diana Santos. I'm the owner and lead instructor for Setwork University, Dogsport University, and Pet Dog U. These are online dog training platforms that are designed to provide high quality dog training instruction to as many people as possible. We're very fortunate to have a client basis worldwide. For Setwork University in particular, we provide online courses, seminars, webinars, and eBooks that are all designed to help you achieve your Setwork training goals. So whether that's just getting started in Scentwork, developing some more advanced skills, or getting ready for trial, we have a training solution for you. So now that you know a little bit more about me, let's dive into the podcast episode itself. So once again, in this podcast episode, we are speaking with Michelle Ellertson in order to learn a little bit more about her Pace Team Games program. At the beginning of this conversation, we're just learning a little bit more about Michelle herself. All right, let's listen in. So I am Michelle Ellertson. I own the Dogs Pace in uh, Franklin, Massachusetts. I have been training dogs in general a little over 15 years, and then I've been doing canine nose work since 2009. So I was part of the kind of initial founding series from the NACSW. That was where I came from. I come from a behavior background, so everything that I do is kind of veiled with a a behavior feel, I guess. Like I'm always looking at the dog and how they're interpreting information, how they're feeling about things. The cool thing about nose work is that it's it's very much a team-driven sport and each partner in that is equal. So it's not only looking at the dog in this case, but it's also looking at the human. I have two dogs. I have a German Shepherd Chaser and I have a Belgian Malinois Cannoli. Canoli's just starting on her journey, but Chaser has uh, just gotten his elite title, which is pretty exciting. Pace has been open for three years now, going strong. We have online classes and in-person classes, and then Pace Team Games. Perfect. So it's really good for people to understand like where you're coming from, as far as how it is you created your different businesses and the Pace Games in particular, because I think it's always helpful to figure out, okay, well, who is this person and why did they make this thing? And is this really a good fit for me? <laughs> So do you maybe want to talk about how Pace Games came to be? So Pace Games came to be because we were looking for kind of a a different way to give participants a different takeaway from the experience. And, And the team aspect of Pace Team Games allows you to work cooperatively with another person the dogs always work independently. Like there, there's never two dogs doing the same search at the same time, but your teammate, your partner, your human partner can come with you to all of your searches. So in that experience, you can utilize your human partner for really whatever you need them to do. They can keep time for you. They can keep track of what hides you found. They can help you negotiate if you think your dog's in odor, but you're not really sure about it they can, you can have a conversation with your human partner while your dog is working potentially and come to a conclusion that way. It helps. It's nice to have the support of another person there to make some calls that you might not otherwise. It gives you that confidence to do it. 
And then that transfers really nicely to when you're all by yourself. You can reflect on that a little bit and have that confidence going forward, which is really great. That sounds awesome. And I'm sure there's lots of people who are like, wow, I really wish I had that at a formal trial. Hey, I'm not yeah. so sure I want to call this. Hey, could you maybe do my backup for me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So are there different levels as far as if someone was interested in looking into this, do you have to have a certain amount of experience in order to participate? No. So we make sure that Pace Team Games has hides that are suitable for any level. So there's certainly going to be the higher level stuff. You're certainly going to have potentially deep and accessibles. You're potentially going to have a high hide. You're potentially going to have lots of hides, but there's plenty of candy so that dogs who maybe don't have the great breadth of experience that a summit dog has can still be really successful. We always have, so pace up of individual games that have individual rules. One of those games we call um, source and source ability. So that is typically four hides in one space, but all of the hides are completely sourceable. And you know that, you know that all going into it. The dog would need to know how to work multiple hides, but most of the dogs can. By the time they're even thinking about getting to a competitive kind of realm in any in any situation, they can pretty much work multiple hides. And then you have your partner there too, who could essentially, you know, stand in front of a hide if you wanted them to. Like they can literally do anything you want them to do to help your dog out and help them be successful. So that's one of the games that we make sure we have at every single pace team games, because we want to make sure that there are a number of events during that day that all levels of dogs can be successful in. We do the, the BFS, the big freaking search too, which is a ginormous area, whatever the biggest spaces we can find, that's what we use for this search. And there are upwards of, you know, 18 hides in the space, but a number of them, the less experienced dogs have no problem hitting. They're decent spaces away there's we kind of make it so that everybody can be as successful as they can be awesome and so if someone was interested in entering to one of these is there a minimum number of games you'd have to enter in within a given day or can you pick and choose no you would enter for the day and then that day would consist of five maybe six if we can squeak out an extra one different games to play some of the games both dogs participate in some of the some of the games only one dog participates in so you would look at the rules and negotiate with your partner whose dog or whose team would be best suited for which game to win pace team games it's really a strategy game it's really interesting in my opinion that it's not the most experienced team that wins pace team games it's really the team who has put thought into where are my strengths as a team with my dog where are my weaknesses? And then really thinking about how I can utilize those strengths to be the best partner to my, to my teammate that I, that I possibly can. And that I think more than anything, I think reflecting on what your strengths as a, as a team actually are, I think that's probably the most beneficial part of participating in this assuming you're looking at it to, to win, to, to really play the games. There are plenty of people who come out for pasting games. They just want to do some searches with their dog. And that's totally fine too. We certainly provide that. But if you're looking to win pasting games, it's crucial that you know what you're good at, you know where your shaky points are, 
and you can help your partner fill in those, those blanks for you. That's awesome. So as far as number of people who may attend a given day of games, what would uh -huh. you say the, the general range of people would be? So we have capped it at 12. It depends on the venue because we have to park that many people. So 12 teams um, of two people. So 24 people. We have opted depending on the venue. Sometimes we have parking restrictions. Sometimes we have other logistical things that we just can't accommodate more people. But the one, I think the one that we just did most recently here in Massachusetts, we had 14 or 15 teams. And then how far, so is this mostly a Northeast United States thing? Are you doing this nationwide? Yes, we've done it two years running in LA. We couldn't go because of COVID, obviously. And we're having some site issues a little bit right now to get it going for, for this year. But we've done it two years in LA. And then we do, because this is our local area, we have more connections, more ability to do it more frequently. So we do two a year here. Um, we've had some interest to bring it out to like Pennsylvania and different areas like that, which, which we'll, we'll look at. It's, it's not a model that I have fully investigated, but enough people are asking. So I will. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then what are your plans as far as the future? Or what are your goals with this looking forward? I want to keep creating interesting games that propel people to really examine their training plan. I am a trainer. Like I, that is what I love to do. I love to help people make training plans to help them be successful in the trial arena. I personally dislike trialing very much, but I think it's a bench, a, a benchmark to where your training plan is and how it's working. And every time you have a little hiccup, you can go back and kind of fill in that hole. And I, I think pace team games can be another less pressure way to do that doesn't mean anything, right? If you don't do well at pace team games, okay, you still have a good day with your dog. It's not, nothing, nothing's on the line. And then you have your teammates too, who can help you negotiate because they've seen it. They saw it in real life. So whatever has happened in your search that you can't make sense of, you have somebody else at least who is there watching and can say, yeah, I really, I don't know. I, I agree with you. That's a, that's, a, that's a place we need to fill in or, you know, however they can help you. And that's a really interesting concept because I'm sure that there are lots of people, again, as you know, nose work and stunt work is just exploding in popularity with all these different organizations, everything now, and everyone and their mother is like, oh, I need to go compete. And it's like, well, maybe pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. This whole idea with what you've created, where you have that support system of your teammate and also encouraging them to provide insight or to notice when someone may freeze or just have that mental block of, oh my God, I might get a no. And then they just don't know what to do. Yep. That's really empowering because if people have that experience of, I get a no and everything falls apart, which of course, again, it's not the trialing isn't painful when you get a no, of course it is. But like in the grand scheme of life, like you and your dog are going to be fine, but it's such an aversion that people feel. And it's such a mental weight what you've done is basically baked in a way to make it so that that is not quite as bad. And that if people actually maximized on this opportunity, they could actually desensitize themselves a little bit because they have a little bit of a support yeah. system, which is awesome. Right. So you should pat yourself on the back for that. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, it started as a cool thing to do once and then everybody loved it. And they're like, okay, we'll do it again. Okay. We'll do it again. And then uh, Laura Lee called, will you bring it to LA? Sure. 
and people love it. It's just, it's just fun. It is just fun. And I think what you're saying is, is absolutely, there's just something really nice about having that support there to soften the blow a little bit. If you, if you get a no. Exactly. So are there any things as far as the ones that you've held that, or teams that really stood out to you when you were watching be like, wow, that's a really great way of tackling this search or you two really worked well together. Do you want to share that with us? Yes. My favorite team every time, every time, because they're always so tickled when we, we had one search area, I forget what it was called, something about distractions. And we had gotten fake poop and fake mice, like little rubber mice. And we have, we had littered the entire search area with these items. And the poops looked like real poops. So people were getting panicked that their dog was sniffing this thing. Some of them were hot. There were some mice that were hot, you know, it's, it was just a fun thing, but they're always so willing to have a good time with it and laugh and giggle. And it's the epitome to me of what this is. It's just let the humor of it take over a little bit. And then in the BFS, which we always have the big, the big freaking search, the big one, both dogs always run that. So the team has to decide which dog runs first, the dog who runs second, obviously that handler knows, or that team knows where some of the hides are. It's highly unlikely, if not impossible for the team one, for the dog one to get all the problems. So you really have to divide, are we going to split the search area in half and you cover this half and I'll cover that half. Are you going to let the novice dog swing through and pick off all the, all the candy hides and then let the senior dog kind of come in and negotiate what is there additionally. They always adjust their strategy a little bit. They've played in every pace games that we've had in, in the New England area. Their team name is Double Dog Dare. And they always adjust their strategy a little bit and are the most involved teams. Some teams don't, I don't think they, they're not, they're either not comfortable to utilize their teammate or they're not really sure how to, but this team does like there's active conversation between the partners. There's, you know, one partner's calling out time marks. That's been a minute. That's been two minutes. That's been three minutes as they're going. They remind each other of where there are hides, where there were hides, where they found things, where the other teammate found things. There's just constant dialogue back and forth about what's happening. The dog might be negotiating something that looks like a high hide. They'll have a conversation about it, which is also kind of nice from the dog's perspective. Like they, they learn to kind of tune all of that out. Like it's, it, they're focused on their job and there's this whole interaction happening behind them. They're so, so good at working together to accomplish this, this goal. They're an advanced team. One of the teammates is in summit level for NACSW and the other teammate I want to say is working towards his MW3 elite. I think he's working for that. So not a novice team, but they've gradually like climbed the ranks. <laughs> I think they finished, I think they finished second at the last one we did, but they are the most fun team to watch. I can't stop smiling the entire time they're out on the, in the search area. That's awesome. One thing that came to mind when you were describing this particular team is, is this something that people who walk away from a pace game event could then say, you know what, this actually would be really helpful for me to maybe do every now and again, just in my training, 
where I'd be able to do this with a friend or a network partner or something where we could actually do some of these things to just have that collaborative work and the comfort of seeing what's going on and actually saying it while you're trying <laughs> to handle your dog is really hard. <laughs> and so it's I think that'd be really, really helpful. So do you have any people doing that where they're doing some of this training outside of the games I don't know as well? How many, I don't know how many people are doing it on their own. We certainly play games in classes that are related to this, where you would partner up with somebody and kind of compliment them going through their searches to get them used to there's something to be said too about seeing what your dog is doing and making the connection to verbalize it. That's a big learning moment. Like if we, if we just take a step back and think about how we learn, that's a big piece of it. And if you can articulate what you're seeing, you may clarify that a little bit in your, in your eye to, to really be able to, to see it without overthinking it or without doubting yourself or whatever, just talk about the behaviors that you're seeing. I think that solidifies a lot of, again, doubt that we have when we're looking at what our dog is doing. We know what our dogs look like when they're in odor. We know what, the, what they look like when they do X, but to verbalize it to somebody else is, um, is a whole different level of certainty that you have to have. It's a really important point. Thank you for saying that. And it's something that I hope that people take to heart and will think about doing just in their outside training, whenever they're practicing, even just by yourself, just watching your dog search and just say what you see. (laughs) Or watch video of what you're, of your dog searching and articulate what it is that you have. It's, it's one of my favorite ways to do video review with people is, you know, tell me what you see, what, what is it that you're seeing in here? Cause I can tell you what I see, but if you're not seeing it, then it's not it's not helpful to you. Right. Where can people find out more information about all of this? Uh, so they can look at our website. It's thedogspace.net. We run two a year in the New England area. We run one a year in LA. So if they're in any of those spaces, I encourage them to enter or check it out. You know, come come lend a helping hand. We don't need a terrible lot of uh, volunteers for Pace Team Games just because we have an app system that works. So the app times and logs the hides found and all of that for us we don't have to have the volume of volunteers everybody can play which is nice but check out the website that's kind of what we do there's a little blurb on it about what pace team games are and then the schedule of where we're going to be at that would be the best place perfect was there anything else that you wanted to share with people no i'm just super excited to be able to talk about pace team games and it was certainly not a thought when I had the creative burst to develop it. It was, it was not something that I was like, oh, this is going to blow up. This is going to be so big and everybody's going to want to do it. I was just trying to create something fun for my students, but it's so fun and so valuable that, that it's, it's exciting that more people want to, to investigate it a little bit. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you spending the time with us and letting us know a little bit more about this. It's really exciting and I hope everyone goes and checks it out. So as you can see, Michelle is a fantastic asset to have within the Setwork community. (laughs) Given her incredible breadth of knowledge and expertise and her desire to help dogs and handlers better enjoy themselves playing the game of Setwork, we are all very fortunate to have her to be a part of this Setwork community at large. What she has created with Pace Team Games is creative and brilliant. (laughs) 
<laughs> and for those of you who are located in the Northeast United States or in the LA area who have already participated in those games, my hat's off to you. <laughs> and for those of you who may be in those areas and are interested, definitely make sure that you check out her website to learn a little bit more about it. And as she said, there are people who are interested in helping this grow. So if you are in other areas of the country that you're like, hey, we would like to play that over here, by all means, feel free to contact Michelle and see if that would be a possibility. What she has created is basically highlighting a way for handlers to improve their own skills while celebrating this wonderful activity that we get to do with our dogs in a super creative way. We should let Michelle know <laughs> that we appreciate her creativity and how it's going to help dog and handler teams and how it already has. As she said, the ability for you to be able to watch a search and identify what it is that you are seeing and articulate that out loud is an important skill that we should all be doing anyway. So we really want to thank Michelle for participating in this podcast and also for creating Pasting Games. If you know of someone else in the network community, whether it's an individual or a business that's giving back to the community and you would like for us to highlight, please let me know. <laughs> we want to make sure that we are shining a light on these individuals and businesses that are helping all of us really build this wonderful community that we all get to enjoy. Again, life can be very stressful and at sometimes very dark. But this community of ours that we're fortunate enough to be a part of is actually pretty great. The more that we're able to highlight these individuals and businesses that are providing these opportunities for us to play this wonderful game with our dogs, we should do so. So if you have any suggestions of individuals or businesses you would like for us to speak to, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. Happy training. We look forward to seeing you soon.